Hi, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the True Christian Podcast or the TCM Podcast, as I've been trying to like kind of use that lately because it's just so long to say True Christian Ministry. But what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. It's our Wednesday episode. Uh, what's up, JD? What's up, brother Ben? Good to see you. Good to see everybody in the chat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's happening? Yeah, we are. We are not live on TikTok. This is the second time this week that we're unable to be uh, co-streaming or multi-streaming at the same time. But it looks like our normals are here, and that's really what matters, uh, the normals, the people that come all the time. Um, And we appreciate you guys. And now, as of this week, we have people listening right now. So we are in the cars and the headphones of people listening on Spotify. And for those listening, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. If you just came across this podcast, we we ask you to subscribe. If you just came across on YouTube and you're watching this after the fact, we ask you to subscribe. We go live every Monday and Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, JD here is the co-host and he is in South Africa. So he wakes up every morning at 4 a.m. for this podcast. So if you wake up at 4 a.m., you, you could tune in. You, you, you could tune in. You don't got an excuse. Um, but uh, tonight's a night. Uh, man, I told JD, man, I have to just – I'm, I'm going to have to pull from him tonight. I'm going to have to really just – I need him to fire me up because I am dragging today um, going into this podcast. And this is a heavy one. We're, we're diving into Psalm 119, as the title says. Um and Psalm 119, if you're not if you're not familiar, is not the easiest of the Psalms to read, mainly because it is the longest chapter in the Bible, the longest Psalm in the book of Psalms. And it is just full of worship and praise and, and steadfast love from David. Um, so, J.D., you are the one that recommended tonight's uh, show topic. So please tell us what what was on your heart? What made you want to come here to Psalm 119 tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like we've we've received confirmation through your son, which is which is epic. But like, there's so much going on on TikTok, guys, and you see this constant attack on the Word of God, the the inerrancy of the Word of God, the infallibility of the Word of God. Is the Bible really true? Um, and here we here we see the psalmist, and we all know that as Mark and I touched on before we started, that the psalmist had a heart after God. He had a heart after God. And and this comes to light in Psalm 119. We, we see that David puts every single word of God on a pedestal and has complete reverence for the words that God has spoken. And again, what does it mean to be after God's heart? I think this psalm pretty much sums up what it means to have a heart after God. And we see that. So definitely pumped to get into this one. Hopefully we can get through it. 178, 178 verses. Let's, let's see how we go, but praise the Lord, man. We, we shall try. And then next week, I know that we had something. Oh, next week we plan on doing the sermon on the Mount and that that's going to probably take both episodes. Really excited about that. Really excited about, at, uh, about just really diving into the words of Jesus and what is known as the greatest sermon ever given. And even to non-religious uh, people, just ethics in general, it is said that this is the greatest ethical teaching ever, right? So even if you go beyond religion and you go to those people that just study things like philosophy and ethics, they have to chalk it up and be like, yeah, I might not believe Jesus is God, but I can't knock what 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 he said in this moment, right? Um, yeah. 
So yeah, well, we shall we shall see how next week goes. But for now, let's dive into Psalm 119. Let's open up the Bible. Let's open up uh, Lagos on screen. Uh, today we're in the Old Testament, so I've got the Hebrew dictionary open. We've got the uh, interlinearity. Uh, uh, um, Text comparison, KJV on the right with the ESV on the left. Uh, so that way we can see both versions of it. And yeah, we're going to be we're going to be diving into Psalm 119. Uh, before we dive in, as always, guys, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Uh, JD's link should be in the description now. So if you want to support uh, the Tombs Empty Bro movement in South Africa and cop some Tombs Empty Bro merch, that link is going to be down there as well, as well as the links for True Christian Ministry. If you want to go ahead and grab some merch or support in any type of way, uh, that information is down below. Um, so before we dive into it, let's go ahead and invite the Lord to be with us tonight as we dive into the scriptures. Um, so Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to have this day. Uh, thank you for allowing us to even wake up today. Uh, don't let us get complacent, Lord, and forget how blessed we are. Even though I'm dragging right now, what a blessing it is that I'm allowed, I'm privileged to share your word with others and to come into fellowship with people from around the world uh, on this podcast. So, Father, I thank you for that. And I ask you to be with us tonight as we dive into your word. Let your spirit move so that we all can become edified tonight, that we all can find truth, and that it's not about J.D. or myself, but about your word, and that it is glorified, and it is the on, on the stage. It's on the pedestal, and we look upon it. So we ask you to be with us. We ask for your discernment, and we ask you to guide us. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Amen. JD. When, when, whenever uh, uh, you would like to, go ahead and kick us off. For those listening, in case you didn't hear it <laughs> the first couple times, Psalm 119, we are starting at verse 1. Um, and yeah, here we go. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, let's get straight into it. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that, that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Beth. And that's the that's where he goes on to the second one. So the, yes, the first eight verses. First yeah, eight we'll, verses. We'll, we'll stick with that. And, and in case you – so J.D. and I just learned this ourselves. Um, so this is the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, when you see it starting out with um, a left – that's the very first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The next one is Beth. So this is uh, this is a structure to which he's literally doing the ABCs, right, of his praise and his spiritual worship. And we just learned that this was uh, something that David was doing for his son, teaching Solomon how to worship God. And he basically get, get, is giving him the ABCs of, of spiritual worship and spirituality. Um, and and I, I just love the way that this begins. Because as we look at it, we know that David is known as being the one after God's own heart. And we've talked about it before that David wasn't perfect. By all means, David was a sinner. But the one thing that set him apart from all the other people of the Old Testament was he was a man after God's own heart. He always Amen. was in pursuit of God. 
He never fell to idolatry. He was a sinner, but he always had his eyes set on the Lord. And just listening to his opening part right here, where he's focused on the Lord, even though he doesn't keep these commands that well, he's like, these are the commands. And, and this is kind of also what makes me upset about today. You get Christians that are under grace that speak negatively of like the law a little bit. And it's like, Hey, just because you got grace don't mean the law isn't beautiful. The law is beautiful. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the law. The law is a wonderful and amazing thing because it represents him. It represents yeah. the king. Amen. 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 Sorry. I got and so often confused. There we go. All right. The second part, I'll go ahead and read this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Sola Scriptura right there, brother. How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your traditions? No. According to your church? No. According to your word. With my whole Ooh. heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate Man. on your precepts and fix my eyes on you. I will delight in, in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So here's the second stanza. Is the stanza? I think it is. Or something like that. But um, look at. That's look, so good. Look at the emphasis here. On how he talks about God's word, God's commandments, go down a little bit more, God's statutes, God's rules, God's testimonies, and precepts. And he uses all these words, because, and he's basically speaking about one thing, though, and that is the relationship that we have with God, the covenant Amen. that we have with God. And God, we know, keeps his – look, see, with a covenant – there's two, there's two sides of the agreement. When me and my wife come into a covenant marriage, we both have an agreement. I'm going to love her through sickness, through anything, and you know, so so help me God, right, or whatever. I don't know the <laughs> that's that's the courtroom. So help me God. You know what I mean, though. You know, through sickness and in health until death do part. And um, but I, I have my uh, side of the covenant. And she has her side of the covenant. Well, when it comes to God, He keeps His covenant. That's 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 an official thing. So when I read David talking like this, he's speaking to God who keeps His covenant, and He's saying, "Lord, help me to keep my side of the covenant. I love Your rules that allow me to keep my side of the covenant. I love what You have asked me to do because it symbolizes our relationship. You see, rules means that God cares enough about us to say, "I want to guide you." His his commandments means that God is involved in your life because the opposite, if there's no commandments, if there's no rules, that's a silent God. That's a God who's not speaking to you. That's a God who's not instructing you and guiding you and conforming you. So I don't know about you, but I want an active God. Like I want an active parent, right? If God wasn't an active parent, if he was a, uh, a missing father, like today's generation of fathers, then there would be no rules, no precepts, no structure, no, no, no statutes, no nothing, but he is. And because of our relationship with him, it is present. And David is saying these things. He said, with my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the ways of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. He's comparing the Lord's testimonies, the scriptures, the words that have come from him to riches. 
And, and I think that's just a, a beautiful way that we see David's heart is set upon playing the part of his side of the relationship of the covenant. And that was Beth. The next letter of the Hebrew alph alphabet is Gemel. Amen, man. So good. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live and keep thy word. I mean, that's that's just already, we see the, the chastisement there. Deal bountifully. Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that that it hath unto my unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. I mean, so much there as well. I mean, meat upon meat. <laughs> this is such a good psalm. Like, if you look at that there, thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed which do err from thy commandments. And here again, we see we see something. I mean, and this, this just goes to what we always stand for those of us who do believe in eternal security. It's, it's again, what is what do we see from, from the New Testament is those who have a heart after God, those who desire righteousness. This is not to say that you're not going to fall short. This is not to say that you are not going to sin. But when you wake up in the morning, you desire righteousness. You don't desire evil. And again, what does it mean to have a heart after God? And yet we see it so clearly. Those that have a desire are not wicked and cursed, as the psalmist puts it here. It's just so much meat. I, I love that the way that David is speaking reminds me so much of the new covenant in Ezekiel 36. I wanted to bring it up here. When describing the new covenant, you see the Lord saying in verse 26, and I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful wow. to obey my rules. You see, the heart that we want, the, the heart that David has is a heart that we gain by faith. Amen. And when you are saved by faith, well, saved by grace through faith. The Lord places his spirit in you, which what causes you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And, and so we're not sitting here. So this verse right here proves that we're not saying you must walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules because parallel. Uh, here's a little text comparison or, or I don't even know the word I'm looking for here, but uh, John 15. What does Jesus say? He says, uh. Right here, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you could do nothing. 
So just like it says here that I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my ways. You can't be what David is being without God, right? So God enacts first. God chose David first. We know this because David and Goliath, right? The story of David. And we, we know that God had already had chosen that David is going to be something, right? And we see everywhere in the Old Testament, when, when Israel is saved out of Egypt before the commands are given, God had already created a covenant with them and, and saved them out of Egypt. I think Galatians says 400 years before the law came, the covenant was made, the promise was made, right? So God enacts the, it starts this relationship. So nobody here is saying while we're reading Psalm 119 that you must keep all his commandments perfectly in order for you to be saved. I like to kind of yeah. rehash that and reemphasize that because people love to mishear things. You can't do those things without God. Yeah. So listen, ready for this? If you know that you can't keep his commandments without him, knowing you have him, you should rejoice in the fact that you're capable of keeping his commandments, not because you're getting saved by doing it, but because that's the proof that you are in him. I rejoice in your commandments. I love your commandments because now I'm capable of keeping them because of you. You have pushed Amen. me in this direction. You have moved me. You guide me. And by your grace, I am capable of serving you. So this Amen. is a little... That's just a little cross reference that I felt like uh, adding myself that that I that I've recognized. Where are we at here in the left? Power twenty five. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach, teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies. O oh Lord, let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach, uh, teach me, O oh Lord, the way of your statutes and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I might that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless, worthless, worthless things and give me life in your ways. How much further is this one? Okay, right there. Confirm to your servants your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts and your righteousness. Give me life. Man, so again, and, and I know it's been, I know it's multiple sections, but what is the constant thing we see here is David is is really harping on. I, here's, a, here's something for you to ask yourself. Think about how you pray. And then look at it and look at how David is speaking to the Lord, right? There's there's a difference between what we do in modern Christianity. We be at the church about, Father, let us have a good week at work. Father, help us, help us with this, this, and that. And Lord, I need, I need to make sure I don't stub my pinky toe again. David over here talking about, lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in them. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. The promise, remember we've talked about it in uh, Romans chapter four and also Galatians about the promise, right? Yeah. Um, it's just this, the, if you don't see the heart of David, 
in pursuit of a, of a holy God. And where's his pursuit at pursuit at in his word, in his testimonies, in his commandments, because God's word is final. God's commandments are perfect. God's precepts are perfect. It is all about his word and not our own. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So good. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation, according to thy word. I mean, hey, what? So, again, everything, everything that clings, that we cleave to, according to the salvation that we receive from God, is according to his word. You so shall the, I have. You notice Sorry, the ESV on. has, um, according to your promise, which, which hey. I find a little bit interesting because we talk about the promise, right? So salvation according to the promise, but I like oh, that man, it, that's uh, good. it says the word in KJV. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So shall I he, so, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in thy judgments. That's that's a really good one. I mean, verse 43, you know, and, and this is this is this is kind of like what I was saying is going on right now on, on TikTok is we get a lot of these these people, you know, that they, they only read one Bible version or they only this or that's wrong or this is false and that's been altered and that that's been changed. Here we see the psalmist confirming that the word of the Lord. And he's saying how truthful and how pure and how good and how constant God's word is, the word of truth, which we see Paul refer to as the gospel message, the uh -huh. word of truth. That's what I was, I, was, I was painting that little parallel there. He said, what does yeah. he say? He said, and take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. Hey, man. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and I will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate in thy statutes. I mean, that's where it ends. That that so these are broken up in eight verses at a time, and we we also just learned that before we started. So you see here, I mean, these 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 past eight verses um, again, and I will delight myself in the commandments which I have loved. My hands will also lift up unto thy commandments which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. So this is often we say to people, do you meditate in the Word of God? And um, how often do you meditate in the word of God? Like, um, you know, I dig what, what Mark's doing with, with, with corpse and, you know, he's got a memory verse, like, you, you know, and with Aaron, we, we also, you know, I write out a verse, stick it on the wall and then read it with her and, and, you know, try and get her to memorize as much of it as she can. So again, when, when we teach our children in even ourselves, we're self-disciplined to meditate on God's word, where we start m memorizing parts of scripture this is this is a massive tool for anybody who's considering apologetics in any way shape or form because if you know god's word if you know his statutes if you know his precepts you cannot be tripped up and this is what we see from from david saying he will proclaim this before kings 
and he will not be ashamed, knowing that he is the king of Israel, possibly the greatest king Israel ever had. And we see he's saying, I will bring your word before kings. So he was talking to other nations and, and, and boasting about the goodness of our God. I mean, that is just, again, what does Romans 1.16 says? I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. I mean, come on. It's just so good. And I love the fact that JD pointed it out. So we're 40 something verses in here. And if I had to sum it all up in like a couple words, it would be uh, the word of God is, is everything right? Like that, that's what David is pointing to. And as we mentioned, you know, he's speaking to his son or is that, that's what, you know, we read, I read prior to, you know, coming to this live stream, uh, in my commentary focused towards Solomon and, and sharing with him the guide of faith and, and where to be. And we know who Solomon ends up becoming and, and his knowledge, but his instruction was to stick to the precepts of God, to the word of God, because this is what you need for your life. And, and I often, you know, a lot of people today, I almost feel like from what I see online, people ask about reading scripture because they're just trying to make sure they're saved, right? They just want to make sure that it's a task. It's okay. How many times mm -hmm. a day do I have to read, read my Bible or how many times, how do I do this? And how do I do that for this checklist and this checklist? But David is telling you your everything should be him because he is the one who sustains you. If you just want your life to be better in general, then meditate on his word. And I know I've said it before that my, my my number one advice that I give young Christians is to incorporate the word of God in your every single day. If you're a parent, incorporate the word of God in how you teach them. And that, that doesn't mean I'm telling you read them the Bible as you teach them. No, I'm saying that if you are in the word every day and you consume it, it becomes a part of who you are. Anybody here ever watch like binge watch, like, I don't know, like a show like Game of Thrones. And like you start using those words that are like old English because you just been binge watching it and it's always in your head or, or you binge watch Spartacus or something like that. Right. If you consume something, it can take an effect on how you present yourself. It can it can take an effect on how you speak. Like, I guarantee yeah. you, if you were to read Shakespeare every day of your life for like a whole entire six month period, you would just be like, ah, the now shut no betwixt thy mind and them. <laughs> right? Like you would just probably start taking over. JD probably reads a little bit of Shakespeare. That's why he sound like that. But my point is, if you meditate on the word daily, the, the word becomes part of your day-to-day -day life. You can, yeah. it, 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 the Holy Spirit is in you, but if the Holy Spirit's trying to point you to scripture that you don't know about, then you're not letting the Holy Spirit guide you. Right. The Holy Spirit, the, the Bible is the uh, is the uh, Rosetta Stone to the Holy Spirit's language. The Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, but it, this is the translator. And if you don't know this, where's the Holy Spirit going to guide you to? You know, so my advice for young Christians is to be in the word, not because it's a task. It's a it's a it's a checklist of make sure you read it every day to be saved. No, I'm saying you should want to know your Lord and God. And that's his word. Hey, JD, Amen. someone asked, how exactly do you meditate on the word? Do you want to uh, give your little two cents on how to uh, appropriately yeah. answer that question? I've received that question before myself. So so I'll go straight back to, first of all, summing up everything Mark just said. Jesus Christ said to us, for man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word of God, but by every word breathed out by God, by every word given by God. So how I meditate on scripture, how I meditate on scripture is taking a, pas a, a passage, for example, of seven or eight verses in its context, 
seeing what 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 it went down and most recently i'll give you an example was was x x chapter 16 where we see paul and silas are imprisoned feet feet bound in stocks they tied up um they just received 40 lashes for for preaching the truth for delivering the gospel and they they were they were imprisoned because a group of people's you know demon possessed girl who they were using for profit they were using this demon possessed girl to to tell fortunes and and perform whack stuff so that they could get richer for her and paul and silas delivered her from the demon and ultimately they were chucked into prison because these guys were not they were upset because they'd lost their income and we see we see when we meditate on this um and how do i apply this to to my own life is is when you're in the when you're in whatever form of prison you are in if it's in your mind if it's in if it's in financial difficulty if it's in your relationship whatever the case may be and you we see the end of this passage that paul and silas simply started praising and worshiping god from their prison cells so loud that the other prisoners everybody that was locked up could hear them praising the lord so how do we meditate on this passage of scripture exactly like that doesn't matter the situation doesn't matter where you at just remember that god is always faithful he has promised us as we see in romans 8 that he works out all things to the good of those who love him so wherever we at right now we know it's god's in control he's always in control Amen. So um, I know JD is going to flip me around. I still don't know how to do it, Melissa. So it's only JD knows how to do that. Uh, but I, I have no idea how he does it. I, I really don't. I, he, he's the master of this already. So yeah, I've, I've had that question asked to me before. And I love what JD said. And, and so how do I, I'll share how I meditate on the word. Um, some of you know that I share sometimes I have seasons where I have different parts of the scriptures that I'm really like focused on, right? So when I meditate on the word, I, I take that part of scripture and it becomes an everyday thing that I'm thinking about. And I'm 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 leaning back on it. I'm going back to it. And it becomes something that you're really chewing on. Like if 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 the word of God is our bread, when you meditate on it, it's like that soup that you just slowly like blowing on and, and enjoying every bit, or like a wine connoisseur is where you sniff the wine and whatnot. Like that's I'm trying to be in the word and really asking myself what. What is the Lord sharing to me here? What is he is he trying to convey? Um, and I like at night, like when I'm laying in bed, I go to sleep listening to the scriptures and I'm just letting the word of God pour into me. Meditating on the word is just really closing off the rest of the world and putting your full focus on his word. So that's that's what it means Amen. to reflect on the word word or meditate on it. It's it's giving your full focus to it. Shut everything off. It's not I got the office on and my kids are screaming and, and I got the Bible in front of me. Can I read the Bible like that? Yes, of course. But to meditate on his word is to be alone yeah. with the Lord and really be like really think about it. So my greatest times meditating on the word is actually at night in bed because I'm in bed and my mind is still running at a hundred percent and I'm listening to the word of God. And there's been times where I've, I, uh, JD could probably attest to this where I'll message him in the morning and be like, so last night in bed, I was listening to the gospel of John and this, this moment comes up where I've never heard it before, but I heard it last night. And then I'll send him the verse and be like, you know, have you ever looked at it from this angle? Because And that comes from me meditating on the word. Now, granted, do you also notice what I just said happened? 
I immediately went to a brother in Christ that I trust to confirm things because meditating yeah. on the word doesn't mean that you alone get the scriptures and you're just like ready, like right here, like for I find delight in your commandments, which I love. Oh, well, Jesus says I need to love him, but that means I have to love his commandments. And then if I start meditating on that and, and close off even my brothers, my brothers and fellowship and the rest of scripture, I can make that say whatever. Right. So you could do this improperly to where I'm like, no, we have to keep his commandments, J.D. Psalm 119, yeah. verse 47, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. Right, like we have to, JD. Right, so what did I do? And I'm glad that I I didn't even mean to have that example, but I'm glad that I did because I immediately went to him in those moments where I have those times where where I meditate on the word, and I'm like, hey, you ever see? You ever notice it like this? What 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 do you think about this? Right, I want to hear what my brothers and sisters in Christ recognize from what I'm saying because I don't ever want to be like that guy off on a hill somewhere like. Yeah, he he thinks some crazy stuff about the word of God there. Um, and Amen. actually, a little, I'm a little interested real quick. I want to see something real quick. We're, do a little pause. I want to open up the Hebrew. And I just want to I just want to look at a couple things that we've passed and kind of see what what he's been using for these words real quick. So for testimonies, he's using the word idote. Idote is a testimony of the 10 words on the tables as a solemn divine charge. Ark as wow. containing tables, tabernacle as containing Ark of Testimony, tabernacle of the testimony, the code of the law. So this word testimony is actually the Ten Commandments. Look at that, Amen. right? So I wanted to open that up. So the Edote, when he says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, he's literally talking about those tablets, which we know David had seen with his own eyes because he had the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, he, he knows what that looks like, which is, wow, what a man right you think about that for a second because what a picture bro. and so what a that testimony is different than the one you and i were thinking of which is the second definition of a different word if you look here it's actually written differently and that's the testimony attestation a testimony prophet injunction whatnot so this testimony that he's talking about uh keeping is the ten commandments uh precepts let me just see what we got here for precepts which is uh pk day pick a day and that is uh, expenses, expenses? Am I looking at the right word? No, commissioner, deputy, overseas, overseer. Wait, is that the same word? Let me look at the way it's written. Yeah, very interesting there. So instructions or procedures, priest, Levites, overseer, one in charge of men. Okay. Yeah, it's basically just confirming that God's in charge. You know, everything he says is final. Amen. And then obviously a statute is instructions prescribed, something prescribed, a statute, what is due. Uh, commandments here is Miss Wote. So if the testimony word is what means commandments, um, uh, the Ten Commandments, I'm interested in all this. So this one doesn't. So this is uh, used for commissions or cabinets. I know it stinks for the people that are uh, listening on uh, Spotify who can't be looking at this with us. Uh, so I, I am sorry, guys. This is why you need to make sure you tune in. All right, let me go back uh, to where we were at. Where were we were at? We were in, uh, looks like around 45, I think. Yeah, here we go. Uh, so we were at Zane. Zane. That's who read, it. Who read last? Was it you or me? I, I did. Hit okay, it, bro. I'll, I'll go ahead and read in English. Remember your word <laughs> to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. Mm, my goodness. That's, that's one that we should probably all, all, all read every day. 
It's someone said my favorite verse is coming up. I wonder if this is the one that um that that you were I talking know our about. brother Daniel loves this man. Daniel, Daniel, Daniel McKnight, man. He he loves Psalm 19. Like he when we're on Discord, that's like where he that's his go-to. Like Psalm 19 pretty much like answers every question. Like if there's someone that's battling with something, you go Psalm 19, this, Psalm Psalm 119, that. <laughs> like Daniel goes to Psalm 1. I'm gonna start calling him Psalm 119 Daniel. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> it's like where he goes. Um, sorry, I was I was reading the comment section, so I want to read those two ver that one verse again. This is my comfort in my affliction that your promise gives me life. Remember who the promise is? The promise is Jesus. The promise ended up coming right, and he 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 does give life. And they they hoped in the promise prior to his coming. We hope in the promise that came. He says the insolent utterly deride me. But I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot in indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Mm. If you ever wonder if it's okay to mm. have this anger that burns up inside of you because of people and 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 and, and just the, a torment in your heart. In fact, I was talking with my mom earlier and I kind of shared with her about the movie, uh, you know, um, Sound of Freedom and just what goes on in the world. And and she was talking about having that type of indignation in her heart. We see the same thing here with, with, with David say. saying, hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Your Preach. statutes have been my songs in my house, in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. This blessing has fallen to me. I have kept your precepts. And here's the interesting thing. We know D David hasn't kept his law perfectly. We all know that. We all know that. Like that, that, that's not a uh that's not a guess. It's it's a it's a fact. But yet when yeah. David talks to the Lord, notice how he always says, I've kept your precepts, I've kept these, right? David's not looking at the ones that he failed at, because as we know from Psalm 39, and, or is it Psalm 32, where he says, blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no sin against. The Lord has forgiven me. He knows that his transgressions are forgiven. So he's not harping on his failures. He's focusing on the times where he does keep his word. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Be like David. Don't look back at all the times that you failed the Lord, but rather put your hope in all those times that you serve the Lord and put your hope in him because he is the one who gives the promise. He said, this blessing has fallen to me that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I, oh, sorry. I went into the next section. Let me not steal JD's thunder. thunder. That's all good. So good, you were on a roll, man. Thunder. You were on a roll. Lightning in the thunder, thunder. I need that sound clip now. I need the sound clip to run so with that play. So, so good. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I taught. Is that I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. There again, we see that word testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. 
at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and them that keep thy precepts. Amen, man. Wow. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. That is so good. Man, oh, man. This is such a powerful psalm. I, I don't think I've read this psalm enough. Like, it's, it's really good. Man, it's so good. That's because oh. it takes seven days to read it. Um <laughs> I love the fact that David says, I am a companion of all who fear you, of Amen. those who keep your precepts. Amen to that. I, I also I don't have to know you. Yeah. yeah. And so you guys are my brothers and sisters. You guys are my brothers and sisters in Christ. Why? Because we are, this just confirms what Paul says to us in, in his epistles, you know, that we be like-minded, one body, one flesh, one mind, working together, striving together for the cause of the gospel. Hey. Hey, Beautiful. the word of truth, hey, which David just hey. talked about, hey. All right, <laughs> verse 65. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart, I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Let me, let me go back to wow. the beginning of this. Hey, pay attention the common theme is he constantly keeps repeating, obviously, teach me your precepts and all this stuff. So if we know that that's what he keeps saying, let's read around what he said about around these parts. He says, you have dealt well with your servant. He's talking about himself. He's saying, you have dealt well with me, O Lord, according to your word. So he's pointing out the fact that the Lord keeps his word. And we know that. That's and literally his name is an emphasis on the fact that I keep my covenant. I am that I am. I keep my covenant. I will handle things according to my word. And he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. It is the emphasis that God, you are good. Teach me to be like you. That's what I, when I read this, if I imagine a son speaking to a father, a son is saying, dad, I, I want to be like you. Teach me to be like you. Give me your instructions. Give me your guidance. Give me your rules. Guide me so I can be like you, dad. I want to be just like you when I grow up, dad. That's what I see with David right now talking to God is, is a son saying to his father, like, I want to, I just want to be everything you want me to be, father. Give me your instruction. You know, I, I've, I've said this before, but depending on how you view the commandment, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul changes how everything else looks. If you don't truly love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, and soul, all of this looks like legalism because it's like, oh, I have to do that. I have to do that. Yeah. But if you love the Lord thy God 
with all your heart, mind, soul, and might. This is a privilege. Lord, I want you to conform me. Lord, I want to be obedient. Lord, I want to be as much like you as I possibly can because I love you, Lord. This is not legalism. It is a father, and I want my father to teach me to be like him. Yeah. Where are we at? Jod. 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 Your hand. My hand. Ooh, uh, is it you? Is it you? It's, is me. It? it's me. Yeah. Is you? It's me. It's you. It's you. Me. 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 You. You. You go. No. You go. You go. <laughs> thy hands have made me. Uh, the thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Bam. You know. There we go. Anti-abortion. Right there. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in thy word. I know, O Lord that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness ha hast afflicted me. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word unto thy servant. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for thy law is my delight. Let the proud be ashamed for they dealt perversely with me without a cause but I will meditate in thy precepts. Let those that fear thee turn unto thee and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. Woo! Man, it's like eight, eight, every single eight verses, like eight verses of like just pure power. Amen. Ooh, let's just... Uh... All right, let me see, let me see, let me see. Before I want to dive into the next one, let me look back and see, is there anything? May my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. Notice here that he's saying, let my heart, may my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. David knows. Again, I want to emphasize one of the things about David that, that you realize is that he understands that the Lord forgives him. He does. Yeah. And he's then, focused on the Lord. And he's very, he, he is, he has a very repentant heart. He is constantly coming unto the Lord saying, I forgive me and save me. But he also recognized that God does forgive. And he says, may my heart be blameless in your statutes that I may not be put to shame. And then I love how this next section starts off for calf. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. Isn't that, isn't it just, so when discussing this podcast, JD and myself were having a conversation on the phone and I said, I would love to take the time and go through the entire book of Psalms and, and, and pull out every single time David talks about the word of God, because yeah. he speaks of the word of God a lot. And the word of God is so clearly separated in the old Testament that you could see that it's Jesus because it, the word of God is identified as its own thing. And even right here, he says, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. That's two different statements in one meaning. My soul longs for your salvation. Well, where do, where do you and I put our hope at for salvation in Jesus? Who is the, what the Lagos, the word, so this verse still applies right now as a Christian perfectly. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. There goes that word promise again that I know that if you, if it, this is our normal following. So I love, this is another reason why I love YouTube, JD, because I don't have to 
reteach things. People, we start hanging out together. Y'all start knowing where I'm going already. What's one yeah. of the things I emphasize a lot that what saves us in the old Testament is the same thing that saves us in the new Testament. It's trusting in the promise of God. And Paul points this out and here's David saying it. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word, my eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep your testimonies of your mouth. Notice here, David is saying, how long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? So there's number one of talking about these, these ones that persecute him. Then he says, the insolent have dug pitfalls for me. Then he says, they persecute me with falsehoods. Help me. And in all of this, as he's talking about all these things, and then he says, they have almost made an end of me. Notice none of this. He says, rescue me from this. Instead, he's saying what? Help me to keep your precepts in this moment when yeah. facing the enemy, when being pushed to the brink of my pain and persecution. Don't let me slip into my flesh, Lord. Let me keep them. All your commandments Amen. are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. That's where his focus is at. That's where his focus is at. Not Amen. rescue me from my persecution, but give me strength in my persecution. Mm, 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 mm. That's so good. So good. Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Oh, mm. thank you, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. That is just power. Hold the on. Bible was written by man. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Ever. Hold on. Oh, that's I got to get better. On my I know. I know. <laughs> but there we go. Psalm 119, verse 89. That is just so much power there. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances for all thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine, mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. Oh, man. Just again, just backing up what, what, what you just said before. You know, despite everything coming his way, he's still saying, huh, I'm going to I'm just going to look at the what does God say? How do I react? I've seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. <laughs> I love so. the fact that it's interesting. He says here, 
Uh, if your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me for I have sought your precepts. And if you notice here, and I think he says it right before something right before there too. No, that's it. Um, it, it, he, David is pointing to the fact that, oh, I, that's right. I was thinking of what the KJV said when you said it. Verse 93. I will never forget thy precepts for with them thou hast quickened me. Just like it says that have given me life. So David is pointing out, dude, why does David love God's precepts and commandments so much? Because by being obedient, God has made David who David has become. The, David recognizes the only reason he is the king that he is is because of his obedience to God's pr uh, precepts. David realizes Amen. that the only reason he has the things he has is because God, because he has obeyed God. God, you are the reason that I have everything. So in order for me to keep going, give me more of your instruction. God, you're the only way that my life can work properly. So give me instruction so I may work it properly. If this was being written in 2023, not by a king, but by just a dude like myself, this is what would be uh, what would be said. Lord, I delight in your ways because the only way my life has meaning is when I'm following you. Lord, my success is only because I follow your precepts. So Lord, instruct me even more so I can continue to do so. Like that is what Amen. David is saying. So if you wonder why 90 something verses down, he's still saying, Lord, I delight in your testimonies. I delight in your precepts. Instruct me in your statutes. It's because he's recognizing I am nothing without you, God. And the best parts about me, God. The best parts about me are when I keep your commandments. In fact, Christ. the best parts of all of us are when we let Christ shine from us. Same thing. It's him. Amen. So Lord, may I become less so you become more. Amen. John 3.30, bro. He must increase. I must decrease. Amen. 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 Here's a great letter. Mem. Mem. Oh, how I love your law. It is my medi uh, meditation all the day. Man, David out here just on the law all day long. Can you imagine if you actually, and again, I need you guys to understand this. And we talked about it a little bit ago. We mentioned it earlier. But so the law right here is the word, tur is the word Torah, right? So the Bible back then was known as the law, right? Well, it depends, the prophets and the law, but David is obviously still a part of the writings that are happening. So mainly when he's talking about the law, he's talking about the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, right? So the Torah. So this is the same thing as how you and I would be talking about the Bible. In, today, in today's uh, uh, you know Christianity, this is similar to you and me saying, oh Lord, I love your scriptures because the law is the Torah. And he is saying, this is my meditation all the day. So for us, we now have more than just the law. We have the law. We have the prophets. We have the minor prophets. We have the gospels. We have the epistles. We have the revelation. So our compilation of scripture is now larger than when David had at hand. But I want you to understand that, that when David says, oh, how I love your law, it is my meditation all the day. He's not talking about the Ten Commandments. That's the testimonies. We looked at that a minute ago. The Hebrew word yeah. there was testimonies. Let's look real quick. Um, Amen. Verse 97. Open up that. Good old Hebrew. Um, look, see Torah. You see the word there, right? Torah. So that's that's the word we see here for law. So that's the Torah. Yeah. Directions, instruction, law. Um, and this is if you keep reading in here, you probably see that this is the what Moses is writings, right? So 
instructions in age, body of priestly direction or instruction related to sacred things, the law, laws, feast of mass, Sabbath, direction. So it goes through all of those things, customs, Deuteronomy, um, et cetera, et cetera. So David is, is saying, oh, how I love your scriptures, your law. It is my meditation all the day. And we mentioned it earlier when someone asked us about what does it mean to meditate on the word? It's something that's on your mind focused. If you meditate on the word every day, you will find your life being benefited. If you meditate on, and, and what is, J.D., what does Paul say in 2 Timothy chapter 3? Right after he gives Timothy a warning of those sneaking into the church, he says, but you have been acquainted with the scriptures. Confess to them. Because all scripture is God-breathed and capable of making the man of God complete and equipped for every good work. Tim- Timothy's being told to do the same thing David did. Trust the yeah, Lord. Also, yeah. Moreover, we know that that if this if the Bible says that David meditated on the law all day, it's got to be true because there are no lies in the Bible. So this is, again, confirming where we see that David was a man after God's own heart. He was Amen. meditating on God's law. So this just further confirms what we see about David being a man after God's own heart. Because let's be honest, do we meditate on the Bible, on the scriptures all day? No. Or do you, you understand what I'm saying? So we, we've got to, you know, you take a massive, massive humility pull, swallow that thing down like lead, and remember that we fall short daily. We fall short daily. Each and every single one of us in the chat right now fall short daily. And think about this. David meditated on the word daily and he fell short. So that's also a reminder that just even if you do this, if you meditate on the word every day, you're still going to come up short because you're not God. That's, you know, maybe you didn't know this. I'll break it to you kind of softly. You're not God. Anybody listening, unless God's listening, but I'm not going to be talking to him that way. Uh, But uh, you're not God. You're going to fall short. But notice David always, like we mentioned earlier, always focused on tomorrow. And, and, and the future and forward. He's not looking back. He asks God for forgiveness and he trusts God forgiveness. I think that's the big problem today is that a lot of Christians know God forgives, but we, we demonstrate a lack of trust in it because we're worried. Did he forgive me? Did he forgive me? Uh, am I going to lose salvation? Uh, you know, yeah. is he, am I condemned because of the, I didn't read the Bible last week. Hey, I'm smoking again. Am I going to hell? So your mind is not where David's is at. David's was focused on the Lord. I trust the Lord. The Lord keeps his promise. His promise is to toss my sins as far west and far east and remember them no more. In fact, whenever you come to God and you're constantly bringing up your past sins, God's response to you is probably, what sins are you talking about, my daughter or my son? Because he promised to forget them. You the one that's remembering them. You the one that keeps bringing them up. Ask for forgiveness and move forward, trusting that your father forgives you. And then so we'll go back to verse 97. Oh, how I love your law, your Torah. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. Remember, we just talked about it, how David is pointing out like, yo, your word makes me better. So I want more of your word. That's why Amen. we want more word. People are like, oh, uh, uh, you know, 
Mike and JD are legalists because they're telling people to obey God. No, we just understand that the Bible tells us the more we obey God, the better things are for us. It grows us closer to the Lord. It lets us walk with the Lord. It lets the Lord shine from us. If you're a Christian and you don't want to represent the Lord, then maybe that's a you problem. Don't bring that over here and get mad at us because we want to do what David is saying here. Oh, Lord, we rejoice in your instructions. Give us more of them. Guide me in your precepts. Guide me in your commandments. I want you to conform me to the image of your son. And he said, I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Ooh, I understand more than the aged for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules for you have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth through your precepts. I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Oof. that might be my favorite out of all these little sections. What which one was that? Mem? Was that Mem? Ooh. Yeah, Mem. This is a good Mem. It just sounds good. Mem might be yeah. the winner for me so far. Mem is, Mem. is strong where he's saying, Lord, I, I your law is what makes me better. It's not about me being better. It's about you being better. It's about you uh uh what working through me. But I love the way he ends that. I hate every false way. I hate every. I mean, this is again. We, we get we get told, oh well, you know, Christians must be more tolerant to you know other religions. What? Are you serious? No, I hate every way that is false. I hate it because it's not the truth, and it's, yeah. it's not going to bring anyone salvation. I get people that are saying all the time, "Why don't you? Uh, 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 why are you so disrespectful to Muslims?" And I'm like, "I'm not disrespectful to Muslims personally. I never say anything negative about who they are as people or their lives or them personally. But if you think that I have to show respect to a religion that is a complete mockery to my God, I would rather the world hate me and kill me. Like I will never." Because I despise anything that dis- that mm. mocks how great God is, and a false mm. god does that. I will take that okay. to the day I die. I will die on that hill. That I will not respect any religion that disrespects any religion outside of Christianity. Like period is that I will not. And and people can call that. And what's funny is, see, atheists they don't understand that, so they think it's intolerant. That, well, you're saying you're the only one right and you're so exclusive and you're not willing to respect their religion. And it's just like, yeah, that's not how this works because you're not even imagining if I'm right. If I'm right about my God, then why would I show any respect to a God that completely contradicts him? Like, I'm sorry, but I stand with David on this one. I hate, hate, hate every false way. Exactly. Ooh, you get all oh, you get one of uh this one of those verses that you'll hear a lot in memory verses. This is actually the verse I think that I sent you earlier that uh, my kid said. So go ahead, JD. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word, except I beseech thee. The free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, and I erred not from thy precepts. 
Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Oof, lots, lots, lots of meat there, man. Lots so earlier, there. someone asked me about um, the passage in, uh, I believe it was Matthew, where Jesus said that the eyes are the lantern of the body. And in that passage, I, I explained it and I showed how Jesus points that, you know, what you set your eyes on is your treasure. And, and he tells you to build up treasures in heaven and not on earth. And it's interesting because he said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And Jesus tells us that our eyes are the lamp to our body. So if you want to be facing the Lord, if you want to be pursuing the Lord, you set your eyes on his word because your eyes are the lamp of your body where your eyes are. So you will be. And David is making it clear that his word is the lamp that we, that guides us, that clears our path, a light to my path. Um, we should be meditating on his word. That's 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 just the general statement that every Christian should be in agreement of, to be honest with you. It blows my mind when I meet Christians that don't read the word of God. And I've been there in those seasons. Excuse me. Oh, uh, sorry about that. I've been those been there in those seasons, and, and I understand that. I do. I definitely understand that. But at some point, you have to break out of that season. You have to snap out of that because I just don't understand how there are some Christians that are contempt with not reading his word. If you have a, a drive, a desire to know him, like let's say you all said you knew me, but you never actually listened to me or talked to me. Like if you guys have been listening to me now, some of you in here have been listening to me for one year. Imagine you met someone tomorrow that never, ever, ever listened to a single thing I've said. And they maybe have heard like two videos from me. And then they began to tell you what I believe and all about me. And you'd be looking at it like, bro, that's not what Mike be talking about. That's not what Mike be saying. And they were like, no, yeah, no, it is. I mean, I got it off those two videos. You'd be like, well, no, I listen to them every day or whatever, twice a week. That's not what Mike's saying because you actually – you get to know me. You hear my words. To get to know someone, it requires you to hear their words. There's not a single relationship on this planet that you have with someone that does not involve communication, and that communication must go both ways. Go ahead. Reflect on every relationship you've ever had in your entire life. Not one of them lacks communication on one side. If it does, what happens to the relationship? It dies. So. You need to be in communication with the Lord, prayer to him and reading his word. That's how you get to know someone. You talk to them. They talk to you. God speaks through his word. You speak through prayer. And that is a relationship. But if you're a Christian who doesn't read the word, and I meet people sometimes that believe in Jesus, but they don't read the Bible. Some of them straight up reject the Bible. And it's like, how do you even know who Jesus is? You wouldn't know who Jesus is if you did not read the Bible. That means you heard about Jesus. You liked the idea and you went ahead and started creating your own version of him. Um, but stay in the word, get to know your Lord. If you want to know him, you should want to know him. Um, where are we at? We at none. No, no. He just read that. He just read that. Verse 113, 
I hate the double-minded, but I love your uh, love your law. I love how the King James says, I hate vain thoughts. This is interesting. In the book of James, it says that, you know, the double-minded Christian is the Christian who, who, who's half and half, right? Uh, the world and God, a lover of the world and a lover of God, trying to have both those things. And here David says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. And the King James Version says, I hate vain thoughts, right? So double-minded, as we read in James, is someone who is trying to have both the Lord and the world. And I love the, the fact that vain thoughts, because the word vain is a shallow and meaningless thing. So vain thoughts on the Lord would be shallow thoughts on the Lord, vain thoughts. And we see that Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, lest you uh, believed in vain, right? He says that, you know, this is the gospel of our salvation unless you have believed in vain. Because if you believed in vain, you're not really – uh, let me try and use this in today's uh, a, a analogies, right? Um, that's a tough one. I guess I got to use the one I always use, the plane. I'm very boring with my analogies lately. I tell you guys, you know, if I tell you all the time, I trust the plane. I trust planes. But then one day I finally go to get on the plane I, and I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. I'm scared. Those were vain thoughts. I, I said I trusted the plane. There were vain words at least, right? Vain words. I said I trust the plane, but they weren't stemmed in anything. They weren't rooted in anything. In fact, if you tell your wife you love her every day and then you go out and cheat on her every night, those are vain words. They mean nothing. They are empty words, shallow words. They meant nothing. Because you can tell someone you love them all day long, but if you do not demonstrate that love, then the words mean nothing. So I love that David's words of double-minded here in the King James are vain thoughts because double-minded means I say I love the Lord, but I'm living in the world. Well, that's that's vain thoughts. That's, that's vain thoughts because you say one thing, but your heart is somewhere else. Lord, I love you and I love your law and I love everything about you, but I'm out here doing what I want, pleasing my flesh and focusing on self. He said, you are hiding, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. There's that hope in your word again, hoping in Jesus, the word of God. He says, you are my hiding place and my shield. Isaiah 44, I think it is. It might be 43 or 42, somewhere around there. Uh, refer, and Proverbs 30 uh, also says this, that you know the word of God is the refuge. It's our shield. It's our protection. He says, depart from me. You evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. I love this one because David is David is calling God on his promise. And, and, and I always find it interesting how David talks to God. You know, we can get scared today nowadays when we're praying. We're like, Mike, I think I committed blasphemy to the Holy Spirit because I, I got angry at God or I said something I shouldn't have. But if, I, if you ever read how David talks to God, there are moments where it reminds me God can handle your bad moments, right? Listen what David's saying to God. Uphold me according to your promise that I may live and let me not be put to shame in, in my hope. He's not saying, God, if, if you don't mind, I just want to, you know, maybe ask you nicely. No, he's saying, God, according to your promise, keep your word. And he's not putting, he's not, he's not being rude, but he's being firm because the, the, the Lord made a promise. And David is saying, I trust you. 
Sometimes we need to recognize it doesn't give you permission, but God's a big boy. He can handle your little temper tantrums. He can, he can handle your little temper tantrums. If you're, you know, David, I think I forget what Psalm it is where he's like, don't hide your face from me, Lord. Like that's a, that's David giving a command. Obviously it's, he's not, he's not doing it in a disrespectful way, but he's like, God, don't hide your face from me. I need you right now. But God mm-hmm. clearly loves David and he recognizes his child is, is speaking to him. And whether we might agree with how his tone is, uphold me according to your promise. That's him saying, Lord, you promised it. I need you to come through with your promise Amen. that I may live and let me not be put to shame in my hope. That's a great passage right there that us eternal security people should look at those saying you can lose salvation. Let me not be put to shame in my hope. If you could lose your salvation, you could be put to shame in your hope. Amen. What was your hope in? It failed. He says, hold me up that I may be safe and have regard for your statues continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statues, statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Oh, it's about to go into the next part. I find that an interesting way to end that little stanza there because nothing in this passage so far up into 119 verses has shown me any bit of fear. It's it's David talking to his father in heaven. But there is that reverence. There is that fear. And he ends up in verse 120 saying, my flesh trembles for fear of you. And I am afraid of your judgments. Yeah. I respect I think you. Need to open that one up. I think you need to open up that passage and, and just look at the fear that he's referring to. If you go look at the, the Hebrew there, um, because a lot of people misunderstand reverence and the fear that, that, that the psalmist is, is so here we see pod, right? We see pod and, and the fear, the other fear, which is I'm scared fear is pachad. So yes, pod and pachad. So Pachad, where he speaks in Psalm 14, that only a fool says in his heart that there is no God, and they will cry, Pachad, Pachad. So that fear is the fear of judgment. This fear, Pad, is the reverence that he is talking about. This is having a reverence for who God is, understanding who God is, knowing God. Again, this is, and it ties in so nicely and just confirms again that the Apostle Paul knew the psalmist well. He knew the Psalms well, because he says to us, what in Philippians, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. So here's an interesting thing. And when it says, I am afraid of your judgments, the word afraid is your ray, your or something like that. But it's stand in awe of um, fear, reverence, honor. Uh, example, parents, Moses and Joshua, the oath, commandments, the sanctuary, other gods, elsewhere of God, um, referring to Yahweh or Elohim. So it's it's an interesting word right there being used as well for I am afraid of your judgments, uh, for standing in awe, uh, reverence, honor. So when he says that I am afraid of your judgments, he's saying I respect your judgments. I, I revere your judgments. I know your judgments are true. So it's not saying I'm afraid like I tremble in, at night and I'm shaking like, oh, my goodness, God's judgments. We see him literally saying that I am in respect of your judgments. I, I, I understand the weight of them. I understand what they mean. And I must not 
cross that line. Yeah, and I mean, I, I literally said to someone the other day, and they're like, well, why would a loving God send me to hell? And I'm like, because he loves you too much. And they were like, well, that doesn't even make any sense. I'm like, God's love cannot look upon sin. God's love is just. And if he's pursued you and you've rejected him, he's not going to force you to spend an eternity with him. He's not going to force you into heaven. So, so his love is so pure and so just that if you reject that love, if you reject that hope, if you reject that faith, you will not spend an eternity with an all-loving God because you do not want his love. You've made it so evidently clear. He you won't force you. I'll even go. Uh, next time someone asks me that, you, I just thought about this when you said it. But I kind of want to respond with because he loves us, not you. Yeah. I'm not saying he doesn't love you, but because he loves us, because if people that ask that question are only thinking about themselves, why would God send me to hell, me, me and me? But if God loves all of us and he loves me and he promises to remove the evil from this world and you choose to stand on the side of evil because God loves us, the, the believers, he, he is going to get rid of you. Now, you could be on our side. You can come on over here. And you could be a part of that. So I'm not sitting here saying like, you know, because you're the bad one and I'm good. But what I'm saying is when people ask, why does God send people to hell? Because he loves us. And not just what you said, but because he also loves those in him that he promises to give a world of perfection to without any evil. And if people stand on the side of evil, if they choose evil, if they choose to be in rebellion against him, they can't be a part of that because he promised us a world with no pain, no poverty, no, no sickness, no death, and no sin. And if you still live in sin, you can't come into that for our benefit. So he's protecting us from you. It's a good way to look at it. All right, verse one twenty one. We might be able to finish this, JD. Let's see what happens. It, it, it looks that way. It looks that way. I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. Be surety for thy servant for good. Let not the proud oppress me. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation. Oh, amen, man. And for the word of thy righteousness. Deal with thy servant according to thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant, giving me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right and hate every false way. There it is again. I mean, he's, he's, he's ended off a few like that. You know, I hate every false way. I mean, this this goes runs hand in hand with what, what the Apostle Paul said to us to cleave to that which is good and abhor that which is evil. You know what I love about this right here? In Hebrew, verse 123 says, my eyes long for your salvation. Can I tell you what that says in Hebrew? My eyes long for your Yeshua. Wow, that's cool. So that's Yeshua right there, in case you guys weren't aware. The word for salvation is Yeshua. Um, I think I have it up over here on the left side, right? Yep, so here it is. Uh, there's the different ways to, that it could be changed depending on the verbiage of it. So it also could become Jose, uh, but it's Yeshua. We go to the very top right there. So my eyes long 
for your salvation, for Yeshua, and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. What does Romans 8 say? It says, for God has done what the law could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in you. Jesus said, I did not Amen. come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. In Matthew chapter Amen. three, when John says, why should I baptize you? You should baptize me. He said, so that all righteousness be fulfilled. Amen. And he says, my eyes long for your salvation. And that word is Yeshua. Just wanted to just wanted to throw it out there because it's a little different than what the King James has here, uh, where it says, "Mine eyes, mine mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for thy word of thy righteousness." Which, interestingly enough, even though these are being worded completely differently, you can still see the same thing. The word of thy righteousness. Well, Jesus is the word of God, and He is the righteousness that has come for us. So. Uh, for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Again, also that word promise that we talked about, right? It's it's yeah. no matter where you're reading this at, you're getting the same message. And I love same it concept. when I see Jesus in the Old Testament. Jesus just be uh, crip walking through the Old Testament. Like, I'm right here, cuz. Amen, bro. Amen. Take that out of context, but like, you might call Jesus a crip. You over here gangbanging on Psalms, cuz? All right, verse 129. <laughs> Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Mm. I want to read that one one time. Mm. One more time. Mm. Turn to me. And be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because people do not keep your law. Mm, mm, Does your mm. heart get broken when you see the world disobeying God? Because David said his heart, he sheds, what does he say? My eyes shed streams. Got a whole river coming out his face. He looked, David talking about looking just like my wife last night during Sound of Freedom. I turned to the side of my wife, tears just running down her face. I love you, baby. If you're watching. Mm. Hey, baby. Mm. <laughs> but David said he his eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. But yet we live in a generation where Christians have the audacity to say, well, I'm, I, I don't care about the whole abortion thing because they can do whatever they want. They, they, yeah. they can do whatever they want. That's between them and God. God gave them free will. Who am I to impose my religion on them? How mm. did we go? Listen to me. Let me go mm. big screen here for a minute. How did mm. we go? From Peter says Lot was tormented to his soul for the wickedness that was around him. David said he sheds tears of streams for those that break his law. How do we go from that 
the reverence for God's word to a bunch of Christians who say, well, you know, it's just me and Jesus and you can have your faith. I have my faith and and I'm not going to yeah. do the whole abortion talk because they got the freedom to do that. Who am I to tell them what my religion says? Who am I? You. How yeah. do we go? I mean, Someone oh. who says, my heart breaks when God. I mean, we see the same. We see the same from the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20. I mean, and he goes, I've warned you for the past three years, night and day with tears. I've warned you for the past three years, night and day with tears, teaching every man. And and here we here we see exactly that. And I've 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 had this. I've had this. And I know we're digressing a little bit, but I've had this with people like, yeah, um, you know, I'm worried because you know, I've got family members that aren't saved. And I'm like, what are you doing about it? Like, what are you doing about it? You you don't seem worried. You don't seem worried that they could close their eyes tomorrow and that would be it for them. Like, what are you doing about it? Are you are you spending time on your knees weeping before God and, and begging for his mercies? The same way David does. We see him on his knees begging for mercy, constantly begging for God's mercy, telling God's mercy not to leave. And, and again, if you've got, if you've got loved ones that, that are not saved, you have a responsibility. I mean, Revelation 21 tells us that cowards will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, 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 and this, is, this, is, this is a subject that gets a lot of people upset. But what defines a coward? If you know the truth, if you know the truth, and someone asks you a question and you go, oh, well, each to their own, not my job. I don't know. That's taking a cowardly route, especially if you know the truth. If you know the truth of God's word, you know that there is no other way that we can obtain salvation but through Christ. And you go, well, each to their own. You know, everybody will find their truth. You're being a coward. No Christian can stand on the truth and go, well, hmm, whatever. That's not what we are called to. We're not called to be cowardly. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, no one that wars, no man of God that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And that means every sense of it, everything this world, this woke left is trying to force on the Christian. And, and you need to accept us. You need to acknowledge us. No, we simply cannot accept it, nor can we acknowledge it because it goes against every single one of God's precepts, every single one of God's commands. It goes against the very nature of who God is. We cannot yeah. agree with it. We can't. And, and, and this whole idea like, well, you're not doing it. So why do you care about what they're doing? Romans one says, not only do they do these things, but they give approval to those who do them as well. And yeah. so we see a condemnation for those that play that sideline. Like, well, that's between you and God. Like, no, I'm not about to give approval to it. Now, granted, can you still do it against my approval? By all means, you do have that freedom. That is true. But I'm not, you're not about to get me to go, all right, you got my approval, buddy. Nah, you're not going to get that from me. All right, let's Amen. go ahead and uh, go back into it. Um, oh, you can't scroll it. Okay. I was going to ask you if you could scroll it real quick while I go make sure my kids are tucked in. I'm going to let you read the first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it up for you to read these verses, and then I'll be right back um, to keep scrolling for you. Yeah, so you I'll carry on. And meditate Sweet. on the word. Or here, actually, hold on. Watch this. Watch this. I'm about to make it real funky in here like chicken noodle soup. Give me one second. Boom. Make it a little bit smaller. They're going to have to squint. Can you see it? I'll read from my Bible. <laughs> oh, man, you're being so extra. There we go. 
<laughs> I'm joking, bro. I can squint. It's cool. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'll be right back. <laughs> uh, anyway, here we go, man. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal hath consumed me because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do I not forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Mm. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding that I shall live. I mean, this is this is this is just so so good. This is just so good. I mean, we see here, yeah, thy word is pure, therefore thy servant loveth. Again, the, the emphasis David puts, the emphasis David is putting on the word of God here. Yeah. I mean, this pure, thy word is pure. I mean, let's just let's just quickly look at this uh in the Hebrew, that word there, pure. I mean, it's uh, this is such a such a good one. Let me just quickly open it up. Six double eight four. Um, there we go. Saraf, Raf. Okay, so yeah, we see yeah. Thy word is pure. This is to be refined, um, like a goldsmith melts gold purging away all all you know and then we see this every single every single bit of god now he's saying yeah your word is pure so you guys have seen the process of melting gold and what they do if they've put together all this gold and they put it into the furnace all the impurities and all the filth floats to the top they scrape that off and when they pour it out it's nothing but pure gold this is what david is referring to when he says thy word Thy word is very pure. I mean, and they didn't use terms like very. So, so, so the word here defined is that it is refined. It is proper. It is real. It is not tarnished by anything else. So beautiful. you know what I just realized? The ESV again is using the word promise here. So I, uh, you know, a couple of times now I've pointed out that the KJV will use the word word when we see promise, and I looked at that Hebrew imrat which means utterance, speech, word, or command and promise. And wow. we know that Jesus is the promise and God's word is synonymous with his promise. That's, that's, this is just, you know, I tell you all the time, me and JD, sometimes we're doing this is just as much for us. This is, this isn't really uh, JD and myself teaching. It's us just having a Bible study together while y'all watch us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. that's all that's happening is JD and me are just being brothers in Christ from across the pond. Uh, by yeah. the way, across the pond means he's across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we're just Bible studying together. And in so, if imagine if y'all weren't here, if the 43 of you weren't here and it was just me, JD, I would be like, JD, 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 bro, look at this, right? That, that's what yeah. I would have done. I would be like, bro, I keep seeing, and this is why I love having KJV and ESV open. So a little sidetrack here. Let me go ahead and go full screen so you guys can see my wonderful imperfections. Um, there we go. And uh, I'm on the wrong side, JD. I don't know how you haven't fixed that yet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
on it, on it, on Come it. On. There you go, man. And then I can look <laughs> over at you. But um, here's here's what I want to emphasize, right? I love what Dr. Michael Heiser said once when someone asked him, you know, what's the best Bible to study? And he said to them, the one you read every day, right? Because it's important to get into the word. Now, once you get deeper into that, he said something else. I quote him a lot because I just really respected him. God rest his soul. He said, in order to really, and I'm paraphrasing, so this might be wrong for anybody out there that knows all of his quotes by heart. That's going to be like, that's not what he said. He said, in order to properly seek this truth, right, and diving into the scriptures, he said, now these words I know are his, divorce the idea of one translation. He also tells us to do that with denomination, divorce this idea that there's a perfect denomination. When he says divorce, he means obviously separate that, right? So if you've put yourself in an artificial covenant where you're saying only this translation matters, right? This isn't something God told you. So this is your own artificial covenant. You've made yourself, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? What happens when you get married, right? You, you've you given yourself to this one thing and you're saying, I won't step out of it, right? That's what a covenant is. Here's my promise. I'm, I'm locked in. Well, there are people that have married themselves to ideas like, I can't go beyond this one translation. But see what happens when when we're able to do that, we're, it's not downplaying either. It's allowing JD and myself to see how did these Hebrew and Greek scholars who are smart people that love Jesus when they, cause let's be honest, the people that translated the KJV love Jesus. The people that translated the ESV loved Jesus. The people that translated the NASB loved Jesus. Now, if we go deeper into like things like the message, I don't know, but I know that the translators of these ones love Jesus. <laughs> So I can't speak to all translations. So I want to see what's going on here and and what a beautiful thing that we see. In fact, I want to pull up the KJV because we do know that the KJV and the ESV will sometimes, uh, I mean, not sometimes, but have different manuscripts. So I would love to see if it's the same word that they're translating or if it's two different words. So, um, yep. So KJV's manuscripts. Oh, I don't have it on screen for you. all My bad. (laughs) So, by the way, what I've also, you know, what's really cool. Uh, whenever I show you guys the KJV interlinear, Dr. Michael Heiser is the one who went through and linked every single word from the scriptures for this. So the reason that you and I can right now look at this, if you want to know why I trust Dr. Michael Heiser, when I said, when I quote, yeah, he, he literally, and he said, the reason he did this was because he grew up with the KJV. So he felt like he owed something to it. So when he was asked to, to, to do this for an interlinear Bible, he chose the KJV. But that means he went through and literally linked every word in the in the Bible. So we just wanted to throw it out there. But so for the KJV manuscripts, it's using the word Imrat, right? So same, same word. Um, and I find that fascinating that the ESV chose the word promise. And, and lately we've been emphasizing the promise. Jesus is the promise. Abraham trusted in the promise. David has now said, your promise is well tried and your servant loves it. God, I, I love your promise. And being able to see that and see that that also is the word and Jesus is the word of God is like, I don't know, For y'all might not geek out like I do, but this makes me geek out to see these little, just like we just saw him saying, I, I await Yeshua. Right, because he's saying salvation, but he's literally saying our Savior's name while awaiting for him. So I don't know. Oh, man. It, 
These are the things that show me that the word of God is theanostas, breathed by God, capable to make the man of God complete. There are things Amen. that you will uncover in it. And I mean, for 140 verses, David has now told you, man, the word of God is what we need. His precepts, yeah. his testimonies, his commandments. Like this is tonight is a word of God love fest. This is what it is. It's a love song about that. This is a love poem to God's word. This is what David is confessing his, his unbridled love for God's word. And, and we should be doing that every day. You want to know how to meditate on God's word? Confess your undying love for it every day and be in mm. it and consume yourself with it and make it as important as food is to you. You'll never go a day without missing food. Like if you, if you were starving, you would find a moment to eat. You're never too busy to eat, but yet you're yeah. too busy to read his word. Do you know what happens when you don't eat every day? You get malnutrition. You're, you, you get, you know, if you physically fall apart, what do you think happens to your spirit when you're not in the word the way David is? David is well fed in his word. All right. I digress now. I'm taking over. I got, I got, went on my uh, shoebox. I'll let JD come back in. <laughs> that's, that's epic, bro. And again, this is just, this is just testimony to those that say you have made an idol of your Bible. What? Like, that's not possible. Like, I'm, I'm like, you know, people say, what? You've made an idol of your Bible. And I was like, what? Like, have you, are you listening to yourself speak? Like, yeah. these are <laughs> like, did you just hear yourself? Like, every time God speaks, say, hey, 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 a little less speaking from you, bro. <laughs> like, that and also... I cannot. Oh, it's, is it soapbox? I just thought about that when I saw her laugh at the word shoebox. You're right. It's soapbox. I apologize. I don't know these <laughs> phrases. I'm new to the to the world of being in front of a camera. Don't be laughing at me. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I, I agree with you there. Like it's 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 it, even with the Catholics, the way they talk about it. Like when you have this conversation about why the word of God is the most ultimate authority, it blows my mind that I have to discuss this with fellow God loving people, or at least fellow yeah. confessing God loving people. Like, well, where in the Bible does it say that, you know, the Bible is the most, like it's God's word there. I don't even need a verse saying, I don't need second Timothy uh, three sixteen. I don't really need that to know that. I knew 2 Timothy 3.16 before I read 2 Timothy 3.16 because it's God's attributes. Therefore, God's word holds certain levels of respect and reverence. Like I don't need a verse saying it's that we must respect God's word. Like that's just, that's a given. And it blows yeah. my mind when there are people who consider themselves Christians, but don't trust his word, say it's written by men. Like then why do you trust it? Bro, if it's written by men, and there's no Holy Spirit involved, you are wasting your life. I'm not about to give my <laughs> life and my eternity yeah. to something from men. Yeah. And and just a just side note, like, like you know, with, with I, I saw this again the other day, you know, the word Trinity isn't mentioned, mentioned in the Bible. Well, simply ask them this, is God omniscient? And if they say, yes, God is omniscient, then ask them to find the word omniscient in the Bible. That's it's good. the same principle. It's the That's same good. principle. People, people come with people come with straw man because you can't find it word for word written in the word. Doesn't mean it isn't in there. And this is why we meditate on God's precepts. This is why we meditate on God's word. It's not possible to make an idol of the words of the living God. It's his words. <laughs> like saying you, you've made God into an idol. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, I have. Thank you for the compliment. As a matter of fact, I hope someone tells me that I've made his word an idol. Have I? Am I demonstrating that his word means that to me, that much to me? Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That is yeah. one of the nicest things anyone has ever said to me. I, I greatly appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're over there idolizing, uh, you know, uh, TV shows and movies. I'm so glad that I idolize God's word. Have a good day. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> All right. We can finish this. We can finish this. Maybe we got 30 verses to go. Where are we at? We're at cough. Yeah. All right. Whose turn is it? You. Okay. With my whole heart, I cry. Answer me. Oh Lord, I will keep your statutes. I call to you. Save me that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promise. Hear me. I mean, hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O oh Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O oh Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Oh, that was the end of it. Um, Man, whew, the beginning of that. With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord, and I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me that I may observe your testimonies. He said, save me so I can observe your word. Save me so that I can give myself to you, not save me for my own reasons, not save me. God, give me financial blessings so that I'm comfortable. God, give yeah. me blessings so that my life is better. No, no, no. He's saying, Lord, come into my life and save me so I can observe your word and I can glorify you. Yeah, straight up. Amen, man. Amen. Where are we at now? 153. Oh, there we go. Consider mine infliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, ouch, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many are my persecutors and my enemies. Yet I do not decline from thy testimonies. I beheld the transgressors and I was grieved because they kept not thy word. There it is again. This is how we feel as Christians when we see people going against what it means to be a Christian. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Ooh, there's another horn. Bow, bow, bow. Every one of thy righteous judgments endures forever. Power. Absolute. Marco, Marco. Sorry. <laughs> That's absolute power, man. Woo. Yeah. Um, there was something you said in there that got me stuck on listening to it, and then you were going forward. Where is it? Let me see. Um. Salvation is far from the wicked. I can't help now but realize every time the word salvation is spoken in Hebrew, it is Yeshua. I mean, that is what that word is. Yeshua is far yeah. from the wicked. I mean, they're not close <laughs> to him. 
and because he sure. is salvation also. I mean, anytime you see the word life, truth, uh, 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 grace, love, like, I mean, the perfect absolute version of that is God, right? But especially in salvation. And, and mm. I love that it says, plead my cause and deliver me or redeem me. Give me life according to your promise, to your word. Give me mm. life. Where's Jesus at in the Old Testament? Everywhere. And here's the beautiful thing. The, remember, uh, there's over 800 things in the Old Testament that point to Jesus. And you'll hear atheists try and say, well, that got added in later by Constantine or something. Um, <laughs> these, these Psalms were in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Just want to remind people that, that, that these were, we have these predated uh, before Christ, before he drew breath in the incarnate, not before the eternal Christ, obviously. But the Dead Sea Scrolls exist, and you can actually open them up on your website, on the internet, and look at the Dead Sea Scrolls specifically, exactly which parts of what they have, because they don't have all the Psalms. They have like a good 60% of them and whatnot. But, um, okay, Shin, we got what, two more, two more uh, sections? Yeah, now I've got five minutes, so let's try. All right, let's, let's run. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood. That's the third time now David has made that clear. But I love your law. But Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. Great peace have those who love your law, nothing can make them stumble. I hope mm. for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commandments. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Oh, that's the beginning of the next section. Apologize. Oh, but that's good. Oh, that's good. That's so good. I hate Man. and abhor falsehoods. Paul says, love what is good and abhor what is evil um, in Romans yeah. 12. And then he said, I hope in your salvation. Um, man. Mm, so good. You're running low on time. Let's finish it. We can rock it. Go ahead, Jimmy. Um, <clears throat> Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. There we go. Beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word, for all thy commandments are righteous. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation. Oh, man, I have longed for Jesus. I have longed for Yeshua. Amen. O oh Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee. And let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. I mean, what a beautiful letter to leave your son. I mean, what a beautiful letter to leave your son. Like, this is, this is, I, I, 174 might become one of my top favorite verses right there. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Because when you truly understand the context, like I told you guys, that word law is Torah. So again, if I'm sitting there like he is, he's looking at the scriptures. So that's Bible for me. In today's, that would be me saying Bible and salvation is Jesus. So I long for you, Jesus, O Lord, and your word, your scripture is my delight. Like, what more? I long for yes. you, Jesus, and until I have you, you, this is what I will, is my delight to get to know you. 
Like Praise that's a book I'd put. I might get tattooed somewhere. <laughs> but right there, like, put that. Put that right there. Oh, I long for you, Jesus. Light in your word until I until I get to stand before you. Oh man, that's good. That is so good. With this that, is a we, good song. We hit our tam- timeline. We read 172 verses in two hours. That's a that's a that's a world record for us. We had to move forward. There was things we didn't stop at. Um, but as I've been saying lately, I, I joked earlier when you weren't on the show, JD. I said if this wasn't called the True po- True Christian Podcast, it would be called the Starting Line because we just want to start y'all on a journey. We don't want to yeah. get there and tell you what to believe. We just want to make you be like, hmm, I want to go read that now by myself. Um, yeah. So back, meditate, on, meditate, yeah. um, and really let 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 the word really soak into you. But it's time for us to get out of here because I know JD's got to get himself situated. Um, next week, guys, we're going to do the Sermon on the Mount. So that is Matthew chapter five up until I think eight or nine. I don't know off the top of my head how far that goes. You, if you want to read it before next Monday, I'm sure you'll recognize that the Sermon on the Mount has ended. Uh, so um, I believe it's a – I might be wrong on that. It might go further than that. It might go less than that. But it definitely starts Matthew chapter 5. It starts with um, him saying, you know, blessed are the, the meek and, and going into that uh, the uh, that's that moment right there. Um, so much time. Yeah. Yeah, thank so you guys time. so much for joining us tonight. I hope that this was profitable for you. I know it was for me. I really want to go back and, and really reflect on this Psalm again myself, uh, because I think that we do hide from it a little bit because of its length, right? You know, cause that it, it, it requires a sit down and some dedication. Uh, but yeah. let's do that because what a reverence for his word, what a reminder of how his word should be to us. This is David putting his trust in his, in the, in the Lord's word and his promise. And let us try to emulate that in our lives. Let us try to have a heart on God like that. JD, what do you got for him? Yeah, just exactly that. Just, just to top off what, what you said, brother. And, um, again, I hope this has given everybody a, a bit a better foundation in the sense of God's word is God's word. Um, you know, all the attacks we see coming at God's word, we we from this psalm more clearly understand why there is an onslaught on the Bible and, and how 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 this onslaught isn't just from those who don't believe the Bible, but even Bible believing Christians who attack other translations. Um this is exactly why we, we need you. As Dr. Michael Heiser said, also, he's got many, many good books um, on, on one of one of the things that I, I really love about Dr. Michael Heiser is his explanation on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and the the end and the be all and the conclusion that he comes to with blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is that the Bible believing Christian, those who have believed the gospel, cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit in its ultimate sense is those who die rejecting the gospel. Um, and thereafter, there is no more atonement. There is no more atonement for sin after you cl- close your eyes in this life. So Amen. again, guys, be blessed. Preach the gospel. Be be constant in season and out of season. Love on those who need the love. And remember to, to be like David and represent God from his word and not from your opinion not from your opinion what was satan's very first lie is that really what god said yeah and he ain't never stopped he he has not stopped asking that question and he's everywhere in this world on college campuses in some churches and he's saying the same thing is that what god said 
So stand fast to the word of God. With that, guys, we love you all. May you have an incredible week. We'll see you guys Monday night, 9 p.m. And also, I will have TikTok back at that time, so we'll also be live there. Uh, You might see me live in the next couple of days on YouTube, just randomly on my own, uh, like I've been doing in place of TikTok, but we'll see. But as of now, guys, have a great night. Good night. God bless. And as always, go in peace. Go in peace.